lo-fi hip-hop <laughs> i love lo-fi hip-hop it's cool it's cool just chilling out music yeah for sure how are you man pretty good pretty good how do i sound over here sound good i'm okay yeah all right Probably any uh, any lasting effects from the night of drinking we had <laughs> no bro rum i think i'm okay with rum i think uh rum's okay with me <laughs> so j- just to give you guys a uh preface we uh carlo and i met up what was that friday night yeah friday night? yeah at the, at the sherwood on west portal and shout San out to sherwood really nice bar man like kind of an older crowd probably the same age as us we just look asian we look and, like and kids. young because <laughs> they're probably like who the fuck? hoodies and who the fuck are these and kids and, and we're talking about martial arts out loud because we're starting to get a little buzz buzzard and then uh that dude next to us, he he had got that mezcal that was at the top of the fucking shelf yeah, over top, there. Yeah, top chef mezcal. Yeah. What a douche. I'm kidding. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, he let <laughs> us smell good, it, though. though. He let yeah, us smell it, though. It was, it was really good. It smelled good, at least. I thought yeah, he was so, going to let us fucking drink it. <laughs> so just to let you know, the, um, Sean is now a rum drinker. And apparently so am I. I mean that <laughs> I didn't know rum, that about myself. What can you can you give uh the audience Flor de, Flor de Caña. Dude. They Flor de Caña and then we Doesn't also had like I rum. also had uh plantation rum. And even, they I, were both good. Yeah, really good stuff though, man. Shit. The kind of stuff you drink and you go, you know what we should do? We should spar now. <laughs> right after it. No gloves. Nothing like, n- n- nothing like getting a good buzz on and then thinking like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to train smaller. right now. <laughs> Speaking of which, we got a couple of responses to last week's query about training while not buzz necessarily, but on like on shrooms. Ooh. And I'm going to keep everyone's responses. I'm going to keep everyone anonymous. Uh, anonymous. Thank okay. you. Because I don't want to get anybody in trouble just in case they're in a job that requires like they be lucid all the time. But these are all good people. <laughs> I'll vouch for them. But the the common theme was, okay, yes, they've done shrooms, but okay. no, none of them have ever done shrooms while they were training in their mm. martial arts. And the main reason was that I heard was they they wouldn't be able to focus properly or they would get distracted too easily. Or there just wouldn't be any motivation to really train seriously while they're on shrooms. So we have we have zero responses of anybody telling us that, yes, I've done shrooms and it made my jujitsu amazing. Uh, so we're waiting for that guy Good point. or that person, excuse me. Valid point. Thank you everyone for participating in that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to out you guys, but you know who you are and we love you. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for participating. I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm not going to try that at all. You're not going to try it? I was going to ask how training's been for you and whether you've tried it with shrooms yet. You know, (laughs) life happens and I had to take the week off to sort some things out. I'm Mm going to be leaving this lab and moving to a different lab. So I'm going to be actually closer to you guys. So maybe I can train some Muay Thai with you guys. Hey, you're always welcome. Yeah, man. You're always welcome. So we're we're moving. uh, uh, Moving so it's rough too, especially when you have like... Especially Children. if you have hella shit and whatnot, um, and you got kids and all their shit, you got to bring. Yeah. So that's good. That's that's always rough. But that hey, is. at least you have a place you can move into. You oh yeah. Can afford it, so count our blessings. Most most important part. Yeah, we got a place to live. That's good, man. That's good. How Your in laws? They they they're all lined up with a place for themselves. Uh, 
Yeah, man. I mean, they're they they got pretty good in the real estate game back when it was you know affordable. So they're they're set. Okay. All right. Okay. Good. All right. So then we're not going to have to record this next episode in some uh, <laughs> garage, in someone else's garage or anything like that. So no. we're all good. We're all good. No, no. How's training dude, for I, you, man? Dude, I've been doing like a lot of, uh, well, it's a lot for me because okay. I, <laughs> but I, a, lot? a lot more knee sparring Hey. Um, uh, in the past couple of weeks, thanks to our guy, Matt, Matt.oma on Instagram. Hey, shout out to Matt. Helping him get ready for the uh, USMF tournament in Denver in Ooh. March. And uh, I've been his knee sparring partner on Mondays and Wednesdays, and he's been kicking my ass. How's but your neck? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, like getting back in there, but I'm definitely feeling the wear and tear on my shoulders as the week goes by. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm starting to have to add more rehabilitative stuff to make sure my body doesn't fall apart. But other than that, I also was able to uh, jump into the sparring group on Saturday mornings over at Pacific Ring Sports. Nice. They uh, welcomed me in to punch me in the face and kick me on the leg. They gave me some nice bruises for the weekend. So thank fun. you to my fam over at uh, Pack Ring. Love you guys. Okay. And you know, it's true affection when someone could uh, punch you in the face and you could smile back at them for doing it. <laughs> so I know I'm Isn't in good hands with those guys. So thank you very much, you guys. My my body's thanking you. I don't know if my brain cells are thanking you, but my body's thanking you. I definitely feel more complete after a, a, a weekend of working out like that. So training's been going good. Training's mm. been going good with me. Awesome. Um, you uh, you uh, pointed out uh, some news, some decently big MMA news that uh, the Ultimate Fighter. You know, usually they try yeah. to get some big name people to be coaches for the opposite teams. Uh, you want to talk about this a little bit? Yeah. Uh, it seems like Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler would be the coaches on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, I don't know what fucking season it is, but... Uh, There's been so many seasons. I, I know. To kind of be track. honest with you, I almost forgot that the Ultimate Fighter was still a thing. I know. <laughs> there's but I think, so many seasons. Plus, there's Dana White's Contender oh, Series and, Con and Contender all this stuff. And way I was just like, like, do they really need another Ultimate Fighter? <laughs> well, it's a good thing they brought Conor in because... The, the ultimate fighter needed to be rehabbed and what better way than to bring the biggest cash cow in the UFC against one of the biggest, you know, kind of draws also in, in Michael Chandler, you know, he, he always, it's, he's never in a boring fight. He's always getting a bonus somehow. He's either being killed or be killed or, you know, he's, he's killed or be killed. I don't know what the fuck that means, but I'm, I'm going to watch this one. Well, can I think I ask a lot of people will. Remember the last time that Conor McGregor coached on the Ultimate Fighter opposite of Uriah Faber, uh, <laughs> that and was fun. Conor did zero coaching. He kind yeah. of would show up for some tapings, <laughs> and then he'd leave his coaching staff to do all the work, and then he would show up for the for the fight whenever his fighters yeah. fought, and he'd be yelling yeah. at cage side wearing a suit in 110 degree weather. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when you're Conor like, McGregor, do, does, does Conor do any coaching on this season? No, and it's it's going to be interesting. On <laughs> I like who, how you're quick about it. I'm like, fuck no, why would he? It's interesting who's going to bring in. You know, he's got he's had his coach. Uh, what's John his name Kavanaugh. again? John Kavanaugh. Yeah, for right. the longest uh, time. SBG. And, yeah. and uh, that dude, 
I forget. I think something Robbie, Ian Robbie, or something. I forgot what his name was. Dude, does he bring in his grappling partner, Dylan Dennis? No, I think not, I don't think they're cool anymore. I think. Oh, you don't? No, I think. Yeah, I, mean, I don't yeah, think they're does, cool anymore. Is Dennis's troll act just wearing too thin, even for Connor, who is a champion at trolling himself? Well, ever since ever since Dennis left, well, ever since Connor left combat sports and didn't need a jiu-jitsu coach. Uh, Dennis, Dennis just, has had to like just, find his way to make him money. <laughs> he's, he's I can't fat. ride these guys' coattails. You know, he doesn't anymore. train anymore, from what I hear, and it's it's unfortunate because remember we talked about it. He was actually pretty good. Uh, he was on his way up a little bit uh, in MMA, and you know, not not making leaps and bounds, but at least he was winning. You mean the two fights? Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's hard enough to get into Bellator and fight. So it's, I mean, you got that that counts for something. So. We'll go into a deeper analysis as they as the fight approaches. Close. But yeah. off on the top of your, off the top of your head, who wins between Connor and Chandler? Now I've heard that this is this fight's going to be at one seventy. So it's I a bunch of big boys. Because, uh, we know that uh, Connor has been looking pretty beefy Juicy. in his rehab photos. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's on anything, but it might rhyme with hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying he's taking anything. But it might rhyme with that. Um, at 170, I mean, he's already the taller fighter. Is he? Connor? Is he? I think he's taller than Chandler. Yeah. I always think of Chandler as being shorter than a lot of his opponents. True. He really of course is. That, and now, like, now it's at 170. So who do, you, who do you say? Just off the top of your head, no deep analysis. Just what, what does your gut say? I'm going to go with activity. I'm going to go with Michael Chandler. I think he's able mm. to take the fight. Anywhere he wants at this point. I mean, Chandler could could get easy payday if he starts to use his wrestling and ground and pound. I think his grappling is probably going to be better. His striking, uh, he kind of leaves himself open a little bit, and that's kind <laughs> wide of, open. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something that Connor would probably capitalize on, and so I would almost guarantee that uh, Michael Chandler probably tries to throw in a show for the first half round, and he's going to realize that he can't strike with. Mr. Uh, Conor McGregor, and he's going to shoot. Done deal. All right. All right. And then well, he's going to retire. <laughs> then they retire. Everyone's retiring, according to Sean. They win their fight and then they retire at the ripe oh, age of man. 32. Um, let's, go, let's move forward. Yeah. Uh, just in some quick rundowns of stuff. UFC heavyweight fighter Hamdi Abdul Wahab has been suspended two years by USADA uh, for uh, substance he use. What is um, it? I think he's... Uh, he, he wasn't like a big name in the heavyweight division. I think uh, he's been on a, a small win streak. I don't know. Does two fights count as a win streak? Uh, kind of. I mean, kind of. two fights. That's not bad. Right? Uh, at heavyweight, yeah. So there's that. Um, in other news, in more proof that uh, sometimes MMA is just too gangster <laughs> so for its own gangster. good. <laughs> at Bellator 290, uh, the cameras <laughs> caught the cornerman for Ali Asayev two cornermen from Ali Asayev kind of get into it between the second and third round to the point where the California State Athletic Commission had to get involved uh, the concern was so heavy that they even called some of the law enforcement to the side now they didn't have to intervene and apparently uh, things calmed down once they were back into the locker room but you don't see that too often no. right cornermen kind of getting into it with each other. Sometimes you hear about opposing corners and their coaches getting into it. But 
Have you ever have you ever been to a fight event where, you know, basically essentially two corner men coaching the Your same own. fighter, they look at each other, hey, fuck you, fuck oh, me, man. fuck you, fuck me, fuck you. I've never <laughs> seen that it on. before. That's almost like two two girls like fighting at the club or something like that, right? In Which the is same, always in a the good same show. group. That's always a good show. This no. kind of re- this kind of reminded me of just a little bit of that vibe. Uh, some friends of mine were at an amateur MMA show last weekend. I'm not going to say where it was because I don't want to like, you know, shout Blast anyone them. out and, and be Please kind do. of, what do you call it? I, no, I'm not going to do it. But they were there. And what sometimes happens at these amateur MMA shows, there's a fight in the crowd. And it's usually oh, between man. like the families of, of opponents. And if a fight happens in section 122 there's gonna be a fight that happens in section 102 oh, and then a yeah. fight in section 203 and then just it's there's just fights and multiple she recorded this like on her phone and there's like multiple fights in the crowd at this That's at the awesome. show so good going mma way to <laughs> way to protect your reputation <laughs> they should ban your family for life for doing that uh you know I, no, that sells I would figure that if you're a big enough organization, you could afford to do that. But you yeah. know, these small, small shows, they, they're trying to just make some money. So they probably can't afford to uh, <laughs> ban anybody. I know. You could probably bring all your ex-felon relatives, sit cage side. <laughs> <laughs> you probably have to do a ton of shit to get banned at an MMA, at, at, at an amateur MMA show. Yeah. So yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta be doing some you got to be rolling deep. Uh, in other news, uh, last weekend's UFC Fight Night, Fight Night was Laura Sanko's uh, yep. debut on a UFC Dude. on a on a an official UFC Fight Night uh, broadcast. Yeah, um, she's the first female color commentator for those events for the UFC, and by all accounts, solid performance. What do you think, Sean? I thought she was super knowledgeable. I've always loved her her commentary and her analysis. Up, you know, ever since she's a regular on the contender oh, yeah. series, that's pretty correct? much her show, man. Like everyone mm-hmm. watches it because you know she interviews the guys after or the guys and girls after. She's super hot, like she, you know, it's she used to be a fighter, so she knows pretty she knows much what she's all the positions. About. She knows all the it's it's great. She still trains to this day, you know, just for fitness or whatever. So you know what I feel bad for who with for her is that she had to do oh, look I'm, I'm gonna get some fucking shit for this but that she had to do a broadcast with michael bisping because it <laughs> doesn't like matter bisping, it man. doesn't matter who like he's doing the broadcast with it bisping always he's fucking monopolizes the commentary yeah he talks over everybody he talks over the main and color guy yeah, or he's, gal he's european the main analysis i mean he's his opinion but like oh my god he's got to like talk through everything that's going on and all the possibilities as if like we don't see what's happening um he does he doesn't go very much he doesn't go much below the surface of what's what you could actually see i'll just say that he could cut all what he says by 40 percent, mm. and it's still a lot and it'd be enough that's all I'll say. I just wish I wish uh, Sanko had like a better partner there, like maybe Paul Felder, or you know it what I mean. Anik I feel like Bisping just overtalks on everything. Dude, imagine if it's Anik, Rogan, and then Laura Sanko. No, ex Sanko, ex Rogan out of there. Really? Yeah, he's done. He's he's cooked. He's cooked. How about Cormier? I, I would be happy Cormier. if it was 
DC. If it was Anik, Sanko, and DC, and you could do DC or Felder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Felder's good. I would, I would, I, I like think Felder. that would, that would be a good, that would be a good uh, team for a pay per view. That is just my opinion. What do I know? Okay. I mean, let me ask you, you guys hit us up on our social media. Yeah. Does it, do you really give a shit about who calls these fights? But if you do, what's your ideal, yeah, what's your the combo? ideal team? Yeah, yeah. What's the combo? Duo, trio, let us know. So what's yours? That, what's yours again? So that, what was yours again? I would say like, yeah, I would go Anik, Sanko, and then either DC or Felder. Yeah. I agree. I'll probably oh, that. that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very convincing. <laughs> So any other hot news items that popped up in the past uh, week that you wanted to bring up, Sean? Well, we're probably going to talk about Fedor later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, other than that, uh, no, I think that that's it for news. All right. Well, let's go ahead and recap uh, UFC Fight Night, Lewis versus Spivak hey. last Saturday. All right. So just to remind everybody. Uh, Spivak was a minus 305 favorite, while Lewis was a plus 255 underdog. And there might be some that thought, well, maybe that's a little much. But it turns out it was, right. it was just right because Spivak dominated in one round of of work, wins by submission. And Sean, get this stat. Against Derek Lewis, who is one of the more feared heavyweight strikers in all of MMA, Lewis landed zero strikes on Spivak, <sighs> according Damn. to the count. According to the count. What did you think of this fight? I thought it was very smart. I called uh, TKO in the first round, but I'll settle for a submission. That, that works. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I did mention that Sergey was going to come in and try to wrestle anyway. Smart. But, yep, very smart. Uh, strategy there you could see he went straight for his legs as Derek Lewis was trying to you know get his his rhythm going mm -hmm. and uh, you know it was unfortunate that Derek Lewis he you know he just couldn't get off and uh Sergey was just super smart super precise uh the grappling exchanges were were good because Derek Lewis was actually getting up but then Spivak just used all of that freaking he's what is he like 26 years old or something like that but he used all that weight to keep him down every time to Derek Lewis. To the mat oh yeah, he did it he stand up. three, four times, and you know that's I have wrestling a up questions is hard. About that, yeah, wrestling yeah, up I, is hard, man. And yeah. Derek Lewis was getting tired. You could see from the first even like scarfold position, Circus Spivak almost had that shit. He almost had that mm -hmm. fucking that is head that and arm kind of just like crusher. Yeah, I, I have a couple questions, which and I want to know what you think about sure. this. When Spivak kept returning Lewis to the mat. Do you think that was by design? Do you think he was kind of letting Lewis come up and then just putting him back down just to tire him out? Or is that was that just part of the flow of the fight? I think he was just playing smart. Um, I, you know, Derek Lewis is super explosive. So I'm wondering if Sergey was just like, oh, I could, like once he got on top of him, he, he maybe even gauged Lewis's grappling uh, technique and was like oh I, I can see where this guy's fucking going the entire time so he was probably so he feels like i'm gonna absolutely ragdoll this exactly this guy like he was probably like oh, a heavier done. fighter he already knew it was done dude once he got mm. got his hands on him yeah i mean it, it super impressive performance by spivak mm -hmm. Derek lewis's uh job is still secure with the ufc because he's a super exciting fighter yeah but who does he fight now you know, like right, why, why are they right. playing I think, against I think these he just kids? got knocked down to gatekeeper status, yeah? 
Well, or has he been a gatekeeper? Says, and I just haven't acknowledged. Who says it. he even headlines a card anymore? You know. Mm. Well, if he does, it's going to be against another pure striker because. Uh, that's that's what the UFC would want to see. They'd want to see kind of blood and guts. You know, it's not like they're caring about these guys' <laughs> brain cells. I thought for <laughs> sure he was going to fucking retire, dude. I really yeah, thought Sean, he... Sean, you're crazy, man. What's the matter with you? Why do you think everybody's going to retire? <laughs> dude, I really thought he was going to pull his gloves off, and I was like, don't do it, dude. Don't do it. And he didn't do it. Uh, let me ask another question. You know, the, leading up to this fight, there were pictures of Derek Lewis looking thinner <laughs> than he usually is, but he still weighed in at 265, which is the top limit for heavyweight, and he still looked big. He, in there honestly those that picture did not look the same like it, it didn't look like he didn't look like the picture that night right right what so i was fuck? i was kind of wondering is like maybe he didn't have to cut as much to 265 as he did before but if if that's true do you think that played a factor in how spivak was able to ragdoll him i don't think so i think Derek mm. lewis just doesn't have what it that that dimension of of his of game to, to handle the grappling yeah i mean he the, the freaking the recipe's out man to beat this guy and they better be they better be giving him some cans and making some money because you know he is the knockout i think god i think we mentioned this before but i think he has the most knockouts in ufc heavyweight uh division so it's like or history i, I believe but they should just keep giving him people he can knock out just so they can make some money you know there's no sense in putting him against a grappler ever again he can't fight john jones because john jones will do the same thing mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's like he's he's obsolete oh man dang no wonder you want him to retire look at you this guy <laughs> this guy gets wrestled to the ground and now you're sean's fucking burying Derek lewis everybody. or go to fucking light heavyweight <laughs> dude no, fuck. he can't make 205 there's no way well anyway in any case spivak now has built his brand a little bit more beating a big name in Derek Lewis. Does he get someone in the top eight? His next fight? No. Does he have the style? Do you think does he have the style to be a real threat down the you, line for a, a heavyweight title consideration? You didn't really see too much from Sergey. You, you didn't really see yeah. any evolution or any like improvements. He just was able to out grapple a non grappler. So it's like mm-hmm. you can't really. I can't really say that he gets like a top eight or like even top 10 for that matter he probably gets someone in the top like 15 again okay um, so stays around that area yeah, and he's super young man so they, they, they have time with this guy so there's no need to no. rush this guy there's no need to be like hey we need a heavyweight to step it up and he wins like his next fight and then considering a title shot it's like no no, no, no. they're just gonna they should walk him up slowly especially with mm-hmm. that wolf tattoo <laughs> Remember, guys, bad tattoos mean Sean is rooting against you. <laughs> that or if you're ugly. Or if you're yeah. fighting someone from uh, Eastern Europe or Russia, Sean's just already betting against you. Yes. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk a little bit about another fight that was on the card. Yeah. The featherweight fight between Duhu Choi and Kyle Nelson. Yeah. This was ruled a majority draw. <laughs> Just to remind everybody, Duo Choi was a one a minus one ninety five favorite against Nelson, who was a plus one sixty five underdog, which isn't which isn't like a lot. Uh, it was ruled a majority draw because in the third round, Choi was deducted a point for what was deemed 
an illegal headbutt while he was sitting in uh, Kyle's guard. Um, first of all, I, I mean, yes, the the heads made connection. Yeah. It looked like a small bump. It looked it did look odd. Like it didn't look like a damaging headbutt in the sense of like I'm really trying to headbutt you. But it also looked a little bit more than just kind of incidental clash of the heads that kind of happens when people are trying to fight for head position mm -hmm. in a up close quarters fight whether yeah. it's a standing clinch or on the ground what what do you think sean should that have been ruled a headbutt i don't think so i i when i saw it actually happen live i don't think it even made a difference on what was going on to be totally honest i don't know if the guy just played just got surprised and was just like oh shit i got fucking headbutt or i, I don't know but I don't think it was changing any of the the like there was no like change in momentum from what from mm -hmm. what I seen. What about you? I, I the thing is like the the way like the way it looked, it mm -hmm. didn't look damaging. No. You're right. But it, it looked it just looked odd. Like oh, I, yeah, I wanted never to give Choi the benefit of the doubt where it's yeah. just like, okay, he's just He's aiming for head position. He's just trying to put his head underneath the guy's chin or mm -hmm. put it up against him so that he can't be elbowed from the bottom. But um, even if it's just incidental or I'm not, I'm sorry, even if it's something that's not like fight changing where it looks like you're damaging, it's still an action totally. that is illegal. And Bisbing pointed this out is one of the few things I agree with. On Bisbing. <laughs> it's just like you try an illegal act. And even if it's not damaging, it's still an illegal act. Yeah, it should be so punished. So you still need to be penalized for it. But my my uh, dilemma is just looking at it, whether or not it, it was really a headbutt. Because it didn't look like a headbutt, but it also didn't look like just like, oh, our heads just happened to be moving in position. So I'm still kind of undecided on it. Yeah. But it, it, but it had like big consequences. If that point wasn't deducted, Choi wins Choi this wins. by decision. Yeah. Because even though uh, Nelson was winning the takedown battle, I think he got a total of five takedowns, like one takedown in round one, four takedowns in round three. The total strikes, if you count them throughout the rounds, uh, all went to Choi. Yeah. You know, and there were zero submission attempts by Nelson. Uh, so um, it just... It just kind of uh, it kind of bugs me in a sense that, yeah, like it could be decided like that, but it, it's the rules, and and, yeah. and it's just kind of just the way it goes. Just the way it is, yeah. And we haven't heard Tough, anything dude. yet from Choice Camp in terms of saying that's a bullshit call. It could be like he was super frustrated by the grappling, and maybe just like there's like a little part of your temper that just goes, "Oh fuck you," and then you do a little bit of a yeah. like a little jerk forward with your head trying to disrupt them. And yeah. it could be one of those gamesmanship things that people try and see if they could get away with, and they just got caught in 4K, as the kids say. <laughs> Damn. Well, I hear I also heard that Duho Choi got paid his uh, win money. Yes, that's one of those things that what you call it that you know Dana White will sometimes do when he feels like someone got screwed. You could say that it's a good thing, you know. It's like, oh, okay, he's looking out, but also it also highlights the subjectivity of some of these bonuses that are paid out. You know what I'm saying, Sean? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad no one like. I'm glad the kid's not starving, but yeah. shit. You know? He needs Any a win, though. Fuck, that was a win. 
Yeah, that should have been a win probably for him. But hey, fucking yeah, don't whatever like headbutt or or if you're gonna do head, uh, what do you call it? Fight for head position. Just be better about your technique yeah. so it doesn't look so shitty. <laughs> Any other fights on this card you wanted to shout out that oh, you yeah. did you wanted to break down that you you were uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, impressed with? Yeah, there was that. Uh, Yusaku Kinoshita fight versus Adam Fugit. I don't like. I don't know how I feel about saying oh. that last name. But, um, no, you 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 said it right. Okay, it go, just go sounds ahead, like say, something. Say what else. you wanted to say about this fight, and I'm, I'm gonna make a comment about this fight. Yeah, just super. Uh, I mean, what would you what would high you pace. say about it? Yeah, super well, high paced. I I'm gonna say I liked that Fugit won because. There were a number of times when Fugit was working hard against the cage to get a takedown, and there was more than two occasions where Kinoshita fucking grabbed the fence. And (laughs) the ref was so slow on getting in there and like like fucking pulling his hand off of that or just penalizing him a point right there. So after what it was a high paced fight. And after and Fugit was a plus two ninety underdog. Okay, Kinoshita was a minus three fifty favorite. And after that all that like illegal fence grabbing, the right guy won, and that's yeah. Fugit by KO. Yeah. So that's 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 my feeling on it. Yeah, and then the there was the, I mean, the undercard was actually pretty good. It was all pretty much a lot finishes. of action by these Asian fighters, yeah. bro. Uh, one of my favorites was the uh, Tatsuro Tyra versus Jesus Aguilar. Tatsuro Tyra uh, performance of the night. Performance of the night, and he, you know, this kid, he's got he's got it. So. Look out for this guy coming up. He's also a 13-0 undefeated. So Ooh. I'm Dude, really he was anxious a, to see. Can, can, can I tell He was a minus one. He was a minus 1250 favorite. Oh, my God. This guy, Aguilar was sent in there to lose. I'm sorry. Because he was a plus 800 underdog, Aguilar. Oh, my God. He was sent in there to lose, dude. Minus yeah. 1250 favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah. That fight probably shouldn't even happen, bro. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. But that was UFC fight night. So, um, but also busy weekend of MMA. There was also Bellator 290. <laughs> headlined by heavyweight champion, heavyweight Grand Prix champion, Ryan Bader versus uh, Fedor Emelianenko. Last week, I was I kept referring to him as Emelianenko Fedor because that's how he was always introduced in Japan because they always use a surname first. I'll just call him Fedor. This is Fedor's last fight. Uh, you want to run it down for us, Sean? Yeah. Um, didn't last very long. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> That was easy. <laughs> it didn't last very long. Um, but I did see some... You know, I'm gonna call it what it is. I, I don't I really don't think that Bader and Fedor should have fought, honestly, because Well, first of all, who won? Well, who won? Ryan Bader smashed him in like two minutes and thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah. Um kind of like the reverse way that I thought Fedor was gonna win. I thought Fedor was gonna be like he's gonna hurt him and then start pounding. Remember we you were talking about yeah, the nostalgic yeah, we ground, ground and pound situations. and stuff like that. Yeah. It was the other way, obviously. But uh Fedor didn't look in shape. <laughs> Ryan Bader looked in shape. 46 years old, man. Um, you know, I'm glad that he's retiring and I'm glad that they honored him with the legends at, over like towards the end of it. But I did hope, you know, they should have took a page out of one championships uh, promotional, you know, powerhouse by maybe doing it in the beginning instead of him after he gets fucking smashed and shit like that. Um, 
Oh, with the with the legends going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they they came. But don't in you after... think doing that at the beginning before the fight starts? It's the the chance of having an like, emotional letdown for the fighter. Oh, totally. Having to go through all that ceremonial shit. Yeah, but and I, then I, you got to go fight. You, I mean, you, that's kind of rough. What if Fedor got knocked out even worse? Like, what if he got concussed and had to go to the hospital? You know, like he wouldn't have been able to attend the fucking <laughs> thing, dude. <laughs> Dude, if you were like totally knocked out, they would have propped his body up to take pictures with all those guys. Okay. I'm sorry. Like, what if he got but, knocked like, out? This is, this is uh, Bellator is run by like Viacom money and they're yeah. fucking going to get their fucking. But what if he dude. got leveled and he couldn't put his gloves down? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's no, the fucking... they would have had his corner like pulling his gloves off, throwing it in the middle of the cage. <laughs> he's like, and then they would have. He's like dead. You remember that movie dead. Weekend at Bernie's yeah, yeah, yeah. when they have the dead guy and they're just like holding on to him and tying him to people so he's that like it looks like he's puppet. walking around? They would have yeah, done yeah. that to poor fedor all right i'm sorry we should we shouldn't be disrespecting the legend <laughs> like that but let's let's switch this a little bit okay you know last week we talked about some of our favorite fedor moments since it's the end of his mma career a legendary mma career like any other favorite fedor moments that come to mind now that you had yeah. more time to look back on his incredible career last week i talked about his fight against crow cop what about you I think my favorite moments are the sweaters he used to wear. Like the remember sweaters, he, yeah. <laughs> he was he wouldn't wear. This is like the, the time when he was like the best heavyweight in the world, <laughs> the best MMA fighter in the world. Show up to these press conferences, and it's he's not wearing a three piece no, suit or anything like that. Fucking... He's wearing like basically the winner of the Christmas ugly sweater contest. Or and like he looks like, like he's wearing children's clothes. Earthy, earthy colors, right? Peach, yeah, yeah. beige, brown, yeah. Brown. That's when you know you're badass. You just yeah. wear that you, shit. You wear that shit and you're a fucking killer. You. Yeah. You know, when, one moment of, of his fight career, well, two kind of stand out. Uh, one, remember when he fought Kevin Randleman in Pride in Japan? Oh, yeah. And Kevin so Randleman pulls off a, I don't know, a, a leaping German suplex on Fedor. Like oh, spikes man. Fedor's yeah. shoulder, back of his head and neck onto the mat. And Fedor, like you, when you see him get slammed, you're thinking, "Oh shit, Fedor's yeah, dead. Done. Fedor's yeah. dead." And and Kevin Randleman's gonna fuck him up. And and <laughs> and Fedor, like he kind of rolls with it. And a couple minutes later, he wins the fight by submission. Yeah. <laughs> and that was on a juicy, juicy Kevin Randleman too. Yeah, this isn't like old, like near the end of his career, Kevin Randleman. Yeah. This is like you know, cut from stone and marble, Kevin Randleman. So that that's a moment that stands out for me. Just like, wow, this guy might be a fucking robot. Yeah. <laughs> and another moment that stood out for me was actually his loss against Fabricio Verdum. Yeah. Because I think mm -hmm. back then the the uh kind of what people thought was is you never want to have Fedor in your guard because he's just he's pound, you, you yeah. can't submit him yeah. and he's gonna pound you out. You know, true. but like he ended up on top of Verdum, and everyone's thinking, "Oh shit, Verdum's gonna get smashed!" And then Verdum ends up triangling him. And Fedor was a real like gentleman about it as well. He didn't cry foul about anything. He Just accepted it like a real yeah. like a real champ, and moved on. Uh, so those are two moments that kind of stand out for me when it comes to Fedor, outside yes. of his his sweaters, <laughs> um, his knockout of Andre Arlovsky. Uh, that was classic. When, that that wasn't was a, a different. That wasn't that. Wasn't that affliction? affliction? Yeah, affliction dude. in L.A. I believe affliction. Back when affliction, the old clothing brand, oh was uh, trying to get into MMA. <laughs> so, so hey, that man. when he, he was losing that fight too, like 
Andre was Andre Orlovsky was like that was a, that was like a juicy up. that was also a juicy everyone yeah. was juiced up and then he tried a flying <laughs> knee and then Fedor Pink. flatlined him in the yep. midair <laughs> you could see uh, Andre's energy bar get completely de- <laughs> depleted in in one fell swoop you could see his fuse pop oh my he has god no more batteries so so yes so outside of all our shit talking happy retirement happy to retirement. a great one legend Fedor. Um, one of those what ifs, because you know UFC never got him. But sometimes, just some of these things are just not meant to be. Let's jump to the co-main event on that card of Bellator 290, oh. the middleweight world championship. Johnny Eblen versus Anatoly Tokov. Uh, what do you think of this fight, Sean? I thought it was a pretty, really good showcase. But yeah. I, I want to hear what your breakdown. I'm going to give myself the white belt of the week because I thought Anatoly <laughs> Tokov's grappling was going to be better than Johnny Eblen. I'm never going to doubt Johnny Eblen ever again, dude. The guy's... Tokov was not trying to grapple with Eblen. He but was then you know what's crazy? Is... Tokov looked pretty good with some of the counter striking and Eblen looked like he was trying to hang in there. But once he was able to turn it into a, a more yeah. of a wrestling fight, it was Eblen's fight. You could see Tokov's uh, energy bar depleting real mm. quick too man he was Crazy. getting frustrated but being worked up against the cage and eblin took it had the uh the right type of pace to this fight to make it to his advantage i thought it was a little bit i wonder if it was a mistake on his part where he was trying to exchange strikes with tokov at the beginning because tokov yeah. looked like looked good. a sharper striker yeah but I wonder if Eblen felt like he just had to do that at the beginning so he could just get close enough to turn yeah. it into a wrestling fight. Do you, you think totally that was agree. what was going on? Or do you think Eblen was feeling himself too much at the beginning, trying to strike with him, and then said, oh, fuck it, I better turn this into a wrestling fight because I might lose? No, I think, look at how many to- uh, fights Tokov has. He's double Johnny Eblen. So I, I'm pretty sure Johnny Eblen was like, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to fake striking with him, and then I'm just going to fucking go. And that's pretty much what he did. Yeah, because there are times when I thought Tokov was going to like really hurt Eblen because his counterboxing was pretty sharp. Really sharp. But once it got up against the fence and yeah, Eblen clinching. was able to utilize his wrestling, you could just see, you're right. You're right. The way you say it, you could see Tokov's energy bar go down to zero. Yeah, you're right. So Eblen is still undisputed middleweight world champion yeah. for Bellator. Any other fights? On this card oh, yeah. that you that you saw that you want to shout out that you are were noteworthy. Shout out to Lawrence Larkin, elbow from hell. Oh, oh shit! Holy shit, man! I wish we could show it right now, but good lord, that was something. That's something out of the video game, right there, man. Yeah, KO, man. Crazy. God damn. And then the dime piece fight of the night, <laughs> Deanna as Avzaragova versus Alejandro Lara. Uh, Deanna takes the uh, split decision. Also, started crying on stage. That's was all. there? I, was there? A, was it just the emotion of like the moment? I think she probably thought she lost that fight, man, because it was mm. it was pretty close. Mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in my in my book, but all uh, right, both beautiful women, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> which, is, which is what this is. Which is what this is. What's important, guys? Yeah, we so, don't care that Neiman Gracie only got a unanimous decision win because. All we care about is the dime, <laughs> the dime piece fight of the week. 
We're keeping it real. Yeah, we're keeping it keeping real, real right here. How, you know, I, how did, well, let's just briefly just touch on it before we move on. How did Neiman Gracie look in, look in that for this decision win? I'm going to tell you the truth, and I didn't watch that fight. So if you okay. watched it, please tell me how you did. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fights, guys. A All right, we're trying to keep it over, quality over quantity over I here. I thought he was actually going to be on the more uh, upper prelim card because there was also post limbs did you see that yeah they, they i didn't get to watch I, they, they I think up. i think neiman so, gracie was on the post limbs so usually guys what they do um in some of these events late. is that after the main event they fill the fight card with a lot of local talent yeah uh so that way they could you know sell t tickets for the arena and expose also them, expose them locals you know yeah, you know, and um, also it makes the arena look full during the main event because it's a bunch of people there that are still waiting for their friends and their family oh, to yeah. fight. You know it's what I'm saying? Just gonna so it's a, it's a trick to kind of keep the arena sort of Damn. full. So yeah, because dude, since the UFC was on pretty late, I guess they were trying to appeal to. Oh, the Oh, it was Asian on market. way late. Like the main event. Didn't yeah, go that's on why we didn't get to watch the post. We didn't watch yeah. the post because of that. So. All right. Well, dick. speaking of the UFC, let's. Yeah. There's a big one this weekend. Ooh, love. We'll talk about man. the scale of it. UFC 284. Uh, lightweight title fight: Islam Makhachev versus current featherweight champion Alexander Volkanovsky. Uh, no odds have been released for this fight yet. A um, couple things tied to this fight that we should talk about but i want to hear your thoughts on who you got for this one sean shout oh by the way shout out to one of our teammates our our one of my muay thai students as well um anthony again a long time listener a long time listener a few months listener anthony wanton he hey. he's he wanted to hear how we break this fight down All so right. don't disappoint this don't. is for you uh so man I so Makachev has a V in his last name, so I'm rooting for him. <laughs> well, they both have a V in their last name. Uh, oh shit, you're right. Oh, I'm an idiot. Okay, white belt Carlo. All right. All right. So <laughs> just comparing the two, I mean, the the car, I mean, just stats alone, Islam Makachev looks like he's probably going to be the betting favorite based on uh, maybe the opposition he's fought, and, and it's a higher, it's you know, it's a bigger weight class. Uh, I I honestly think, and this is my opinion. I think that Alexander Volkanovsky is going to cause a lot of problems for uh, Islam Makachev. I think mm. uh, Volkanovsky has the better striking. I think he's also a little bit more explosive. Mm -hmm. Islam obviously has the grappling uh, pedigree, so he's you know he's going to get Alexander Volkanovsky down. That's a guarantee. But it's going to be tough to hold Volkanovsky down. I think I think mm -hmm. his scrambles are going to be the difference and. I think I'm going to agree with Brendan Schaub and say that um, there's going to be a lot of times where Islam gets the takedown, but Volkanovski gets back uh, gets back up, and I think Volkanovski is going to win the fight by decision, uh, mm. and it's going to be one of those controversial ones where oh, but he was grappling, but oh, what did he do with the grappling? Because I think uh, Volkanovski is going to keep getting up. Um, there's going to be some just striking, set up and then the rematch. <laughs> I know you you might even sell up a, a trilogy. So um I think both are super ugly. So I, whichever <laughs> one wins the ugly contest, you know, uh, who, the beard contest, I'm going to give it to Islam Makachev cuz he's obviously, you know, he's probably using for him and Volkanovski by decision. Okay. All right. To to kind of touch on your point with the grappling, but percentage-wise Islam's 
uh, takedown accuracy at 65%, which That's is pretty good. really high. But on the flip side of that, Volkanovsky's takedown defense is at 73%. Uh, so that's pretty high as well. And yeah. he's shown that even after getting taken down, his ability to pop right back up. And against people bigger than him too. So, Right. And then when we're talking about, you know, significant strikes landed, they're both kind of at the same in terms of their percentage. 59% for Islam, uh, 57% for Volkanovsky. But in terms of landed per minute, significant strikes landed per minute, Islam's coming in at 2.37, whereas Alexander is coming at 6.79 per minute. That's a lot. The flurry, he's a shorter guy, but he's able to explode into the range that he needs to. And he comes in at such a weird rhythm with different angles that sometimes it's hard to deprogram a fighter like Volkanovsky. So hard to have a, a training partner that can simulate that. Now, there's going to be a size difference here. Yeah, I think we all know that Volkanovski is coming in as a smaller fighter. He is the featherweight champ after all. How much does that play into how you broke it down, Sean? Like, I, So you, you think mm, the size won't matter as much no. when it comes down to it? I don't think so. I mean, from what I've seen and from what I've heard, Volkanovski trains with people. I mean, from the beginning, he trains with people 170 pounds and up. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen some of his training in some of the videos, and it's pretty, it's pretty intense stuff. Same thing with Makachev as well. I mean, he's a champ. They're both champions for, you know, for a reason. They're both pound for pound, two of the best fighters in the world. So, I just think Volkanovski's going to have the edge. I think he's going to have uh, the ability to get within his range and land those shots. And he just better be careful with those kicks because Islam is probably looking for that pretty long with it yeah do you think islam tries to play that striking game like I, does he even fuck around with it or is he gonna show wrestling attempt right off the bat i think he knows that volkanovsky's takedown defense is pretty good so i'm think i think he's probably gonna try to test that right off i'm gonna bat. try to wear him down a little yeah. bit i think he's probably okay. gonna wear him down and that's probably gonna be his you know best chances to just lay on top of him, make it a really boring fight if you have to. But again, I, th- I still think Volkanovski's going to be able to scramble out. You might have something there. Mm-hmm. I'm looking here at that the average fight time for Volkanovski is 16 and a half minutes, whereas the average fight time for Islam is nine minutes. Mm. And so we're talking about more in-cage experience, more headlining experience for yep. Volkanovski. So here's something that one of our our students, teammates over at Hapkiru says Muay Thai uh, class, uh, Golden Pizza, um, Joe, shout out Joe, pointed out. What up, Joe? You know, outside of, outside of Oliveira, who has Islam really fought that can like really show that he could handle like all sorts of different types of styles mm. and tough pressure? Yeah. Um, Armin Surukian? Right, but you know, like outside of that, yeah. and and I was like, oh, okay, um, that's, that's, that's all good, I can think that's of. That's a yeah. good point. Whereas you know, Volkanovski is kind of laid out, like whoever they put out in front of him, Ortega, all the way three times. Yeah. So, um, so big fight experience. I wonder if that'll become a factor. I wonder if Khabib not being in Islam's corner for this one is going to be a factor. Hmm. Although Islam says it won't be because you know he's fought without Khabib before. 
Mendez is really the head coach. Mm, mm. I think. Okay. So you're saying Volkanovsky? Yeah. What do you say? Shit, man. I, I, I'm going to go with Islam, and I think it's going to be a second round sub submission. I think, Bet. even though we haven't seen it as much, I think, I think he's just going to try to truck through and just turn this into a grind fest. I can see that. Uh, he's going to. I don't think he's going to try to. I, I don't think Islam should exchange punches with him i think he should try to kick into the grappling range just kick into the grappling range just lean on on lean on him on the fence and then i think in the second round you'll see the results of that work that's kind of just kind of what my instinct is saying so bet. we could bet on that yeah let's bet on we'll that. bet a florida kanya on the rocks let's do that <laughs> how about um, freaking uh before we jump into that, yeah, do you think the promotion for this? This is a champ versus champ fight. Yeah, typically that's a big deal. I got to be honest. A couple of us, you know, I mean, some friends, we kind of forgot. Like, oh shit, it's already going to be Makachev versus Volkanovski this weekend. Is that a sign that the UFC kind of dropped the ball in promoting this, or is this just a blind spot because you know we watch so much MMA, it's just hard to keep up sometimes. Did the UFC drop the ball in promoting this fight? I think so. Uh, Islam, Makhachev even said that, you know, they were promoting more slap fight. <laughs> oh, Jesus yeah, Christ. more slap fight fucking ads and more promotion towards that. And then you see Dana White forgetting fucking Islam Makhachev's name on the freaking press conference. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, oh my man, God. Dude. Yeah, like um, you would think with the champion versus champion and this the is international flavor this one yeah that they would do like like maybe even like a like a four maybe four big city press tour yeah to kind of build it up uh <laughs> not really though because so, yeah it's a, it's a little it, it's, weird it's a little also strange it's also lacking a lot of things i think also D, n neither dc or joe rogan is is covering this event so well, they got you know they got travel to australia i think some guys just don't like making they don't the want trip to travel. but i mean flight. even with that it's like they they could have blew this up just a little bit more. I mean, the two pound for pound uh, top two guys right there. I don't know how else you could have marketed it, but I mean, the 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 fight card is pretty stacked, though. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that. And I think here's another sign that maybe they dropped the ball because maybe not a lot of people know this, but because Volkanovski is fighting for the lightweight title. You know, they got to make sure that the featherweight division keeps moving. So the co-main event is a featherweight interim title fight. And I don't know if a lot of people knew that. Yeah. Okay. And that's, again, that's No one fucking like, knows. You gotta, can't draw the ball. So let's yeah. talk about these two great fighters at the featherweight division fighting for their interim belt. Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett. Yair Rodriguez opening as a minus 165 favorite. Josh has a plus 140 underdog. So it's 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 call it's being called pretty close by Vegas. How do you call it, Sean? Man, uh, you know, Josh Emmett is an animal. He's gonna be the shorter <laughs> fighter, unfortunately. But I think Yeah, year is very long. Yeah. I think man, I'm gonna go with Josh Emmett. I think uh Yair does have the striking. He does have the range, but I I feel like Josh Emmett is almost like Alex Volkanovsky, where he can he can cover a lot of ground, um, whether he's trying to get in range for strikes or if he's trying to get in range to go for a takedown. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Josh Emmett being a alpha male guy, he's got to have been working on 
getting in close and getting in range so he can pull off whatever he needs to pull off. And I think he's going to be able to get him down. And, you know, Yair is going to be super explosive and super elusive. Uh, it might come back to bite him. He might be throwing some stupid spinning kick or some spinning heel kick. Hey, don't hate and, on spinning kicks, bro. <laughs> and I, all I'm saying is Josh Emmett can take your back that way and it could be it could be a, a really easy night for him depending on how Yair plays this. Uh, his jab better be on point, and I think leg kicks should play a role if he wants to win. You know, Yair's got one of those type of styles that's hard to replicate if yeah. you're trying to train against them. <laughs> you know, dynamic yeah. kicking, long legs. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about that striking um, aspect. Yeah. They're kind of, uh, numbers-wise, they're kind of tied up, mm. you know? So in terms of significant strikes landed per minute yair is at 4.67 while josh emmett's at 4.28 okay in terms of uh significant strikes uh landed in terms of their percentage though year has got a a more of a he's got he's got a uh he's he's up on josh with that 45 percent. is that just strikes in general because that could also yeah that that, no that comes also on the ground too oh okay so uh, so 45%, whereas Josh Emmett's at 37%. Now, here's the part that's kind of interesting to me. Um, significant strikes absorbed Ooh. per minute. They're kind of at a tie. It's a, it's a push. Yair's at 4.12, and Josh Emmett's at 4.29. There's a part of me that thought that, well, shit, you know, Josh Emmett will want to get into the grappling range, but shit, he's going to have to, like, eat a lot of yeah. fucking kicks and a few punches to get there. And can he really stand up for it? Because, you know, he's, he's not known for his defense, but I'm looking at Yair. It's like, Yair takes some strikes too. Yeah. But I'm wondering if that's a lot of that happens when he's get when he gets taken down. Probably. So now let's, yeah. let's talk about the grappling. You know, Josh Emmett's takedown accuracy, because you mentioned he's an alpha male fighter, uh, 40%. Against Yair Rodriguez, his takedown defense is at 62%. What so it's going to be interesting. Stat? It's going to be interesting. Um, I think I'm agreeing with you, though. I think Josh Emmett has that kind of patience to get the fight to the range where he wants. Yeah. But he's just got to keep his guard up and just watch out for the weird angles and the explosiveness of Yair because he'll catch you at, with some weird timing. Yeah. Um, and it's a five-round fight, and we know that Yair has not looked great in five rounds. No, he gets tired. I mean, carrying all that weight because he's probably gonna blow up. Because he looked pretty big in his uh, fight, his last fight. And and last stats, um, when you talk about knockdown average per fifteen minutes of fight time, Josh averages one point one four knockdowns per fifteen minutes of fights, whereas Yair is only at point two eight. What? So when he knocks it down, it's big, but he doesn't do it a lot in his career. So, um, so look out for that. So I think even though you see the, the dynamism of Yair, Josh Emmett sounds like he's got the real power advantage on this one. So I think you and I are on the same page with this one. How did you say you were going to, Josh Emmett's going to win? I didn't choose a way, but if I had to guess, he pounds him out. Pounds him out? What round? Three. Round three? Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to say the same thing, but round four. Nice. Let me say round four. Any other fights 
on this card that you wanted to shout out? Anything oh, yeah. in particular that you you're keeping your eye on? Someone you're cheering for? Yes. Something you're someone you're thirsting for? I mean, uh, uh, looking at whose technique you love? <laughs> yes. I'm gonna shout out uh, the the JDM Jack Della Maddalena versus uh, Randy Brown. Uh, Jack JDM, he's the hometown guy. That's gonna be a pretty damn good fight. I've been high on that guy. And then there's... Randy Brown is like he's dope, exceptional. Though. He's very he's, exceptional. the way he uses his length, and you have to yeah. get in there, and he fucking hurts you on Great the way skills. in. Great but uh, JDM is a minus three hundred five favorite on that. Whereas Randy Brown is a plus 255. Yeah. Hey guys, I know we always say don't bet on our shit, but I think- I think this is it. I think you could possibly think of Randy Brown as a value bet at plus 255. Yeah. I'm just saying, I Not like bad. the way Randy Brown fights. I'm a fan. I'm about, a fan. Let about, me shout out yeah. um, one uh, fight on the early prelims that I'm looking at. Women's strawweight, Loma Luke Bone Me versus Elise Reed. Yep. Uh, Loma's good, Luke Bonmi like, is like a minus two eighty. I'm sorry. Loma's really good. Like she's come a long yeah. way in MMA. Dude. Yeah, minus two eighty favorite, and at least read a plus two thirty five uh, underdog. I like Luke Bonmi's style just because it just one of those few fighters that kind of was able to take a very kind of traditional Muay Thai approach and and transfer it as and successful into the MMA arena. Yeah, and love that. I love. I like the way she. She fights in the standing clinch. Mm -hmm. So super strong and technical. Elbows too. And then someone like, you know, uh, you know, no disrespect to Elise Reed, but you know, Loma Luke Bone Me has been very open about her struggles with mental health. And to see her still be able to fight in these big shows. Uh, you know, you I just root for people like that. I, I root for both of these fighters to have a good fight. No one gets seriously hurt, but I'm excited to see what Luke Bone Me uh shows in terms of her evolution as an MMA fighter. Nice. I'm going to shout out uh, the first fight on the prelim, or the first fight to start the event. Uh, how do you how do you say that? Elves? Elvis Brenner. Oh, Elvis. Elvis Brenner versus uh, Zubaira Tukagov. That's the, Zubaira was one of the, uh, he's one of the guys that, I think he was the one that went into the ring and like tried to punch Connor during the after the Khabib fight. Oh that's, shit, really? Yeah, that's him. Because he was <laughs> he was supposed to be oh, cut. Oh, dude, he remember? looks familiar. Right. He was supposed oh. to be cut, and then I think Khabib was like, "Fuck that, my boy stays," and then he stayed. But uh, yeah, <laughs> he's that guy. So I'm always rooting for that guy, you know. But he's way down on the prelims. But it's okay. Well, he's fighting against uh, Brenner, and the UFC didn't even bother to put up an updated <laughs> photo of his on the website. So he's probably so a fill you in. see, talk about dropping the ball in promotion, guys. Oh, come on, guys, <laughs> get their fucking photos in there, man. Shit. Uh, okay, so that's this weekend UFC 284. Uh, everybody, hit us up on our social media. I'm at Hopki One on Instagram. Uh, Sean underscore Pierre underscore. Tell us who you pick. Tell us which yeah. fights you're looking forward to. Tell us if you think our analysis is bullshit. And yeah, come come fight us if you think so. <laughs> <laughs> you can go. You can see Sean over at Magala Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> oh yeah, come see me. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Sean, real quick. We this is the only major event going on, but one of the things that have also that has also been happening is that PFL Professional Fighter League um, has been having their Challenger Series every week. 
um, their challenger series is kind of similar to what the Dana White contender mm-hmm. series is. Yeah. You know, they, they match up these fighters and then it's voted on by the fans and also some judges like and that. some yeah, MMA yeah. luminaries cage side, whether or not to give these uh, a particular fighter, the winner, a PFL contract. So that's been happening every week this year. Uh, so keep your eyes open for that. Um, anything else going on this week that you wanted to shout out, Sean? And don't say slap fight. I was going to say slap fight. No, no, up, not, not really. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's anything else. Like, is there any boxing? Any? Uh, no, no, oh, is there another nothing. one championship? Uh, Muay there Thai is fights? a one Friday fight. I, Ooh, I have love the name that correct. Shit, though, there man. is no N and there's no nights. It's just one Friday fights. Dude. So they got one some fights happening on this, this weekend. Yeah, yeah, so it's all Muay Thai. I think they peppered one or two MMA fights yeah. into there as well. I don't know and, any of the people on there though, but and, some but they, good action all the time though. Man. Yeah, and one after you watch it on Amazon Prime, right? No, Amazon no, no, it's Video? on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Oh, yeah, they well they don't they air it also on Amazon. I don't know if they do the uh, okay the Friday ones, but I always right. just watch it. On but YouTube. they also they put it on YouTube like yeah. right away, so you don't have to wait very long to watch. And you can it. skip so through it. Make sure too, you man. guys support that. Yeah. And so that's going on this week. And as the months and weeks go by, there's going to be a number of really big fights uh, coming Can't up. Wait. So make Can't sure you guys wait. stay tuned. We'll help you guys pick your winners and losers if you have a gambling problem. <laughs> <laughs> we'll help you make some money. We'll help you make some money and we want to cut. Yeah. What's 30% of zero? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, but uh, what's the rest of your week uh, looking like? Is it mostly moving? Uh, not yet. I think we're not going to start moving until another week after. But I, th- I think this weekend we're going to a kid's birthday party. That's the thing, man. That's an ongoing theme now, now that uh, kindergarten's in full effect. It's just, birthday parties uh school events and whatnot but yeah we're gonna be going to another birthday party and then i'm gonna watch these fights there we go there you go um i'm watching the fights over at a friend's place uh we haven't been a couple months since we all been able to get together for a fight night just because everyone's scheduled yeah everyone's schedules kind of all over the place so looking forward to that looking forward to talking uh some mad shit about some of these fighters in our beer haze <laughs> and then like look back and think to ourselves what douchebags we are for even saying anything <laughs> about these guys <laughs> <laughs> but i'm looking forward to that and also this weekend at hapkiri usa we're having our uh monthly belt testing hey. so good luck to our good students to who are testing for the next belt working hard this week getting ready for that nice well i guess that's gonna do it for us guys Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to follow us on our social media. Mine is Sean underscore Pierre underscore and yours, Carlo. I'm on Hopkey one on Instagram. And again, don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to share the podcast as well. Don't forget to visit Magala Jiu-Jitsu out there in the mission, uh, Fight Culture in Daily City and Omni Movement in Hercules. Hey, we're over at Hopkey USA in the Sunset District with Coaljaldo Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and our Golden Pizza Muay Thai team. Shout out to Pacific Ring Sports in Oakland and also shout out to Sama Martial Arts in Pinole. Hey. 
Don't forget to uh, watch those fights, guys. And don't forget to bet some of that money, that hard-earned 9-to-5 money <laughs> on some picks that we did. And, you know, we only charge a 2% cut. So if you guys win $100, we get. What's 2% of $100? $2. Hey. <laughs> maybe 20%. And if you win zero money, we get... Zero dollars. Zero. So there's no nothing lost there. Yeah. Don't ruin your life, guys. Don't bet on Please don't. Picks. Please don't ruin your life. Please. Bet the house. <laughs> bet the house on the picks. Uh the big event this weekend, guys. A lot of title title implications. It's gonna be a good one. So be safe. Get those fights in. Watch them. Make some money. Take care, guys. Peace. Peace.